Welcome to the Eagle Scholars Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Hughes. For our first episode, I sat down with Peyton Potagil, 2012 alum of Thurston High School, 2016 alum of U of M Ann Arbor, currently pursuing her doctorate in nursing. She sat down with me and our seniors and shared some valuable insight on success in high school, success in college, and beyond. Sit back, enjoy. Peyton, can you just talk a little bit about, so if we could go back to December 17th of 2011. Okay. <laughs> so you were exactly where these guys are yes. right now. These guys are juniors up here. Um, what was going through your mind at that time? And what, where was your head in terms of where you had applied, where you wanted to go? Um, and then once you figured out where you got in, how did you make the decision of where to go? So I guess like what was going through my mind is that I was really nervous and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, neither my parents went to college, and so they were trying to help me the best they could, but they had no idea what the process was. And so thankfully I had people like Mr. Hughes that helped me a lot to apply. Um, I originally applied to U of M and Michigan State for early admission. And then I was in the process of applying to Kalamazoo College and to Central University. Um, but I actually ended up hearing back from U of M, which was like my dream school, um, like the week before Christmas. So I actually heard back from U of M before I sent my other applications in, except for Michigan State. So once I got that, I actually didn't submit my other applications. Um, I did submit my one for Michigan State, um, and I did get accepted there. But I ended up going with U of M. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I was not offered... Um, money to go to either um, so I just applied for financial aid so if I had to choose between the two it was a, about the same cost U of M was a little bit more expensive and that was my dream school my parents were like if that's where you want to go go for it so I honestly just picked based on where I wanted to go not necessarily financial reasons mm. okay once you knew you got in you said you found out right before break yes so then you had January February March April May and a little bit of June yeah how did you stay focused as a senior? This is where everybody's applied. The, the okay. red dots are where they've gotten in. So some of these guys have already stated that once you know where you've gotten in, if you got into where you want to go, it's really hard to get up every day and, and go through the rigmarole of senior yeah. year. How did it's, you deal with that? It was super hard for me, especially since I found out kind of early, like in the terms of all the things. And so second semester was really hard. One thing I did do intentionally was I kind of like front-loaded my senior year, which I don't know if that's kind of hard to do now. Mm -hmm. But I remember doing that and like taking my Harvard classes first because I had a feeling that was going to be an issue for me. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is just like remember how hard you've worked all this time. You've worked so hard to get into these schools and to let it go to waste in your second semester. It's just not worth it. And you're still gaining new knowledge your second semester. And then there's always the fact that schools can retract their offers. Um, I will say it doesn't happen very often, but they can. It's not against the rules. So if you totally bomb your second semester, you kind of have to keep that in mind that they could retract their offer, and then you're going to be really upset about that and really upset at yourself. <laughs> mm, good point. What was, the, um, I get, what was the most surprising thing about when you went to Michigan that first semester? What was something that you weren't expecting? Um, I would say... I don't even know if I would call it, I guess a culture shock would be the best way I could describe it. Um, I didn't fit in right away like I thought I would, that's mm -hmm. for sure. 
So when I went there, not I don't want to make assumptions about anybody, but my family was definitely lower middle class, I would say. And there is a lot of money at U of M. <laughs> so that was weird for me. I felt like nobody was like me. I felt like I didn't have any friends. Um, like my second week there, my parents took me to dinner. I had like a full-on mental breakdown. <laughs> and I was just really nervous. I was like, I'm not going to make any friends. I don't know anybody here. Um, but what I actually ended up learning, one, I made friends within my first semester, and I still talk to them all the time now. Like some of my best friends are waiting college. And then the second thing is that I kind of feel like I learned towards the second semester that where I came from was an advantage. Um, a lot of like my roommates in college and a lot of my other friends who maybe were a little more well-off than me did not have the life skills that I did. <laughs> so I think that I had a harder work ethic and I was more well-rounded. So I think it ended up actually being a beneficial thing for me. Hmm. But in the beginning, I remember I was really nervous about that. I felt like I was not as good as everybody else. Hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about the life skills that you – like what would be some examples of that, some things you noticed? Um, just like – being more independent and taking the initiative, um, you know, I was, if I had an assignment and I needed help, I was asking for help or I was looking things up on my own or um, a lot of my friends, instead of going to advisors and asking what classes they should be taking, they were just kind of like, oh, I'll just do this, this, and this. I don't know if it was because they weren't worried about money or if they just didn't know, but me, I was on top of my stuff. So like I graduated in four years on the dot, whereas a lot of my friends took a lot more time because they just weren't as focused their freshman year, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then silly things, like my roommates, this is not a joke, did not know how to vacuum. <laughs> Literally did not know how to vacuum. They did not know what a vacuum was. They did not know how to use it. So things like that, where I was trans, I mean, I, you know, my parents helped me a lot and everything, but I knew how to do my laundry. I knew how to use a vacuum. I could change a light bulb. So things like that, I mean. Wow. So that a, kind of blew you away when you saw that. Yeah. I think they had a, they had a bigger adjustment than I did. So uh -huh. in, in t like in that term, I think I was at an advantage for mm. sure. Interesting. It was how, interesting. <laughs> how did you feel? I mean, I know it's been a while, but reflecting on your experience at Thurston, yeah. um, to what extent did you feel prepared for the workload and the, you know, not only the, the load, the amount of work, but the complexity of what you were doing? I felt pretty prepared, actually. Mm -hmm. I did really well my freshman year. Um, I had to take like a introduction to writing type course. And that went really well for me. It was very similar to AP Lang, mm -hmm. um, so that was really helpful. And then I took um, a statistics class, which was not too bad. I'm trying to think what else did I take my freshman year. Um, I think I took like a women's health class in anatomy and physiology. But I felt pretty prepared. I mean, it's different because you're studying on your own terms, and a lot of times, especially like in the writing courses, you might have like weekly readings, but they kind of hand you an assignment list in the beginning and say, here's your four papers, here's when they're due. It's up to you to work on them on your own. There's not a lot of like structure. So that was a little bit of an adjustment just in terms of making your own schedule and sticking to it because you have to be kind of disciplined. But otherwise, I felt pretty prepared, honestly. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of high school students, college students, even adults, like older adults, have this conflict between pursuing something that they're passionate about mm -hmm. or pursuing something where they're going to make money. And a lot of it they're hearing from their parents, like, you better make sure you get into a field where you're going to make money. But maybe in their heart, they, maybe they want to be an artist. And so whether it's in high school or that first year of college or later, that is hard for people. Yeah. How did you deal with that? And how did you, what was the process for you deciding on going into nursing? 
Yeah. Um, I definitely dealt with that. I feel like when I first started telling people I was going to nursing, everyone was like, why don't you just go to med school? Why wouldn't you go be a doctor? And I just didn't want to be a doctor, honestly. Hmm. Um, my process was kind of interesting because when I applied to U of M, I applied early and I got in early and I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I applied to something called LSA, which is kind of like the language science and arts college there. I didn't apply to the nursing school right off the bat because I wasn't sure. And then actually um, Ms. Garish here set me up with a shadowing experience in Grand Rapids um, with a nurse and then also with a nurse anesthetist. I went there and that's when, I, I think that was in February maybe. And that's when I really decided that I really like wanted to go into nursing. But at that point I was too late to apply to the nursing school. So I went into U of M in the school of LSA, LSA did my like prerequisites kind of, and then transferred into the nursing school as a sophomore. Um, if you're going to go to U of M and do nursing, I would highly recommend trying to get in as a freshman if you can, because transferring sucked, but it was fine, I did it. <laughs> um, and then once I was there, I mean, I was just, it was confirmed through my clinicals and stuff that that's really what I wanted to do. And then also the other really nice thing about nursing is it's so versatile. You can do so many different things. If I could like give you guys one piece of advice, I would say study something where you're not going to be like stuck down to one job. Um, so like with nursing, people think, oh, you're just going to be a nurse, but you can be a nurse educator. You can go back and teach at a university. I'm going to be a nurse anesthetist. You can be a nurse practitioner. Um, you can be a clinical coordinator, you can teach clinicals. There's so many different things you can do with that degree. So that's really nice. I'm not stuck to one job for the rest of my life if I don't want to. Hmm. Um, I want to come back to the nursing stuff, but I want to stick with college and I'll circle back. Um, what were the things that, because parents, teachers, counselors, principals, we, we tell these guys stuff all the time. Oftentimes it goes in one ear and out the other. Um, and then later on they might say, well, you were right, or they might say you were wrong. So I'm wondering what are some things that, that you were told when you were their age that came true about mm -hmm. what college is and what, what, what might be something that people told you that you're like, no, it actually really wasn't like that. You um, could pick either of them or, or both of them. For something that's true, I would say that the stuff that you learn in high school really does apply to college. Like, I'm in my doctorate program, and we are still learning about oxidative phosphorylation and ATP and everything else. It's still there. We learn about it every semester. Um, and same with writing. Like, those skills, you're going to have to write. I don't care what, you know, major you pick. You're going to have to write in every single semester. You're going to have at least one paper. It doesn't matter. I was in nursing, which is, like, science-based, and we still probably had at least four papers a semester. Um, so when they tell you that you need to know that stuff, they're serious. It's not just like they're not making it up. Um, one thing that I would say wasn't, I don't even remember if people told me this or if I just assumed, but in college, I'm not going to say you never have to read, but teachers and professors are going to sign a lot of reading and you don't always have to read all of it. <laughs> so you'll learn based on your, on your professors. Like, once you kind of get a feel, once you get past your first exam, you'll know if you need to read for that class or if you only need to read the assigned pages of the whole chapter or if they're uh, someone who covers the chapter in class. A lot of people will cover in PowerPoints what's in the textbook, and so you kind of have to figure out like where your time is best spent because some classes you will have to read, some you won't, so you don't want to be reading for two classes if you don't need to be, etc. So I think that's a big thing. You'll kind of learn your classes and realize like what you actually need to be doing. 
that's one thing I would say. I didn't read everything like I thought I was going to have. How much reading did you have, say, on average on a, mm. on a nightly basis or on a weekly basis? I would say maybe like... With all my classes combined, I would say maybe like 200 pages a week or so, mm -hmm. just depending. And some were heavier, like when I had my writing class, we were reading novels and stuff, so that, that semester was heavier with reading because I was doing like my science textbooks plus that. And then other, towards the end of my program, we're in clinical three days a week, mm -hmm. um, so I'm not in class, I wasn't in class that much. We didn't have that much reading my senior year at all. So okay. I would say on average maybe 200 pages. And how many papers? Um, I would say anywhere from like three to four papers a semester. Mm -hmm. Same, like with my writing class, we had- Per a, class? No, per, total. Okay. But again, I was in more of a science-based program, yeah. so um, a lot of my papers were like based on like what we were doing in clinical. My first semester though, with my writing course, we probably had six papers in that class plus another four in my other classes. That was a little heavier. Gotcha. Um, I'm gonna turn it on these guys for questions, maybe specifically about either junior year, senior year, college, experience, U of M, or generally, yeah. Um, after you transferred, was there a second sort of like adjustment period, or was it like smoother? I would say yes and no. So smoother than going in freshman year, but um, it was weird because the nursing school is really small. So freshman year, I'm in Allison A, and my classes are like, 250 kids per class sometimes. They're huge, like auditorium classes, and the nursing school, in each graduating class, there's anywhere from like 120 to 130 kids. So for my sophomore year to my senior year, I was in the same classes with the same 120 kids every single day. So that was different. It, you got to know people a lot better, but then also it kind of turned into competition. I don't want to, I don't, well, competition, I don't want to say like back into high school because that's not a negative thing, but you start to like get your friend <coughs> groups and it got a little more clicky. Mm -hmm. um, so that was different because my freshman year wasn't like that at all because I really didn't know anyone. The classes were so big and I didn't have the same people in all my classes. So I didn't really develop relationships with them as much. Hmm. Yes, Cleveland. <clears throat> you mentioned that didn't money. <clears throat> so I didn't get any money directly from the university my freshman year, um, but I was able, because of my family's income, to get a lot of grant money from um, the federal government. So I actually, my tuition at U of M was completely covered with grant money my freshman year. Um, so I didn't have, I have, I made the choice to live on campus um, all four years, which is kind of a personal choice, especially if you guys are living in Redford. It is commutable if you want to. I made the choice to take out loans and live on campus, which I don't regret, but it did cost me money. So for all four years um, at U of M, I have $20,000 in student loans. And then pretty much, but again, that was uh, pretty much living expenses. If I wanted to live at home and I didn't live there, I would have had pretty much everything covered by grants except for like books basically. So I probably would have taken out, I looked at my stuff last night so I can answer this question. I mm -hmm. think it was like $4,000 of what I had to take out in loans. Granted though, that's gonna be based on your family's income, how much they're making, how much, you know, support you get and all those things mm -hmm. and now if maybe you've seen U of M has the go blue guarantee or something yeah. if you're, I think if you're under 60 maybe it's 70 65,000 then tuition is covered yeah so, so I I really didn't pay for yeah. any of my tuition at U of M I only took out loans for living expenses which Ann Arbor is super expensive to live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is I can attest to that. <laughs> it's very expensive hmm. 
Someone else I thought had their hand up. Someone, somewhere. Yeah, free. What was it like transferring from like a smaller high school to such a big university with the population? Yeah, it was different, um, but also super interesting. U of M is super diverse. You meet like all different kinds of people. Um, and I liked it. I, the advantage I had freshman year was that I got to meet people from all different like types of um, majors and interests. So most of my friends that I met freshman year actually aren't even nurses. I thought that was really interesting. Like I, one of my best friends majored in biology, and so like I talked to her now. Um, and then also like there's tons of different groups on campus. So I was like in part of a group called MedLife where we like donated extra hospital supplies to people. Um, I volunteered with a bunch of people to like it's this group called Reach Out and Read where like you re read to little kids in waiting rooms. Um, so I met people like doing that, and it's just you make a ton of different friends and it's not people that you usually meet so I thought that was really cool you just meet a huge variety of people mm -hmm. Sarah? so you're going to get your doctorate right yeah. okay as an undergrad how did you feel like what kind of things did you do what kind of things did you think was necessary for you to do to prepare yourself to go to grad school um, that's a good question so I think it was my sophomore year of college that I started kind of thinking about like would I want to go back to school I don't really know and so I started kind of looking into it and I kind of had in mind that if I did go back to school I want to go back for nurse anesthesia um, so I started looking into it then I mean just a little bit just kind of like you know what's their pay what would I have to do to go back to school how much would school cost things like that um, and I'm really thankful I did because I realized that there were things that I could be doing then um, to prepare myself so one of the things that I realized like, upon graduating is that I needed to work in a particular kind of unit um, to get into grad school. And by senior year, I pretty much knew that I wanted to go back eventually, maybe not right away, but I knew I wanted to. So I needed to be like in a medical ICU or a surgical ICU to apply. So then like moving forward, obviously those are the jobs I looked for. I ended up actually moving to Cleveland for two years to take a job in a medical ICU there. Um, and then there was a bunch of other things like certificates that I needed. I needed like a advanced life support certificate. I needed a pediatric life support certificate. Um, and I think what else? I had to take um, it's an exam called the CCRN for nurses. I had to take that, which you have to study for for like six months. So I was glad that I looked into that because otherwise mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known. Um, and just things like that. I guess I didn't really do anything in particular in my undergraduate. Um, to prepare for grad school, but it was the timing between when I graduated and, you know, actually applying to grad school. There was a lot of steps that needed to hit in order to even be able to apply. So looking into that, like right after graduation, was helpful so that I could get in as soon as possible. So were you glad that you took those like couple years in between going from undergrad to grad school, uh, as yeah. opposed to trying to do all of that while you were in undergrad? I was glad, and the program that I am in, you have to work a minimum of 18 months in an ICU. Um, but that's not true for everything. Like, for example, like a nurse practitioner, you can transition right from undergrad into a nurse practitioner um, master's program. Mm -hmm. um, I think that depends on the profession, too. Like, I think for me, working as a nurse on, like, a regular floor was super helpful for me to understand from their point of view. Do you miss this? No. <laughs> I'm going to jump in because we're kind of running out yeah. of time. But can can you, I mean, I, I spent some time in hospitals for, you know, my kids being born mm -hmm. and relatives, and I've, I've had appendix out and stuff like that. And I've always kind of marveled at nurses. I think there are some similarities between nurses and teachers. But I'm just curious, like, what's a typical day of yeah. a nurse in an ICU? What does that look like? 
So in an ICU, I would usually wake up at like five in the morning. Well, here's the thing. I was on a rotating schedule, so I would work, and in the six weeks, I would work three weeks of weeks of night shift, three weeks of day shift. So I'll give you my day shift routine, but <laughs> I would usually work, wake up around five, um, and we had to clock in by seven. Um, and we had, I had to like walk from where I parked. So I would usually get to work by six, and then by the time I got to the unit, it'd be 6.30, you know, put my lunch away, all that stuff, clock in. Um, then we would have like a morning huddle, then you go and get your report from the um, night shift nurse for me. So that would usually take about a half hour. Um, then you usually go and see your patients. Um, in the ICU, they're pretty sick, so it, it kind of depends. Sometimes you have patients who are awake and able to talk to you. Sometimes they you know, have a breathing tube and they're um, on medications to make them sedated. So it just kind of depends. You're you know, checking all your medications and your IVs and just making sure everything is what it says it's supposed to be. Um, and then I'd usually go sit down at my computer and I would go through like their chart really quickly, make sure I didn't miss anything, write down all of their medications. And basically like, your day's kind of broken up in, as a nurse into three little chunks. So you have like three assessments you have to do every day and three med passes um, in the morning and then around noon and then around 6 p.m. Um, and it's 12 hour shifts. So it would kind of, it would depend on my patients, but usually you would start the morning by like passing your meds you have to clean them up at some point, and then from there it kind of depends on like how sick your patients are. Sometimes you have really crazy days where you're coding patients and you're doing procedures and you're intubating people. And then other days you have people who are hopefully on their way out of the ICU and you have a kind of easy day because you're preparing them to move back down to a regular floor. Mm -hmm. um, the ICU is super busy, so even when you have patients who aren't that sick, there's usually somebody else who needs help that has patients who are very sick. Mm -hmm. So it's busy, it's hard work, you're exhausted at the end of the day, um, but it's super rewarding also, mm -hmm. obviously. And it's super nice, the 12 hour shifts, but you only work three days a week, so you have four days off. Mm -hmm. It's 36 hours, this full that's time. That's nice. So that's super nice, especially if you have like kids or anything. It's really, yeah. a lot of the moms liked it a lot. You alluded to not wanting to go into, uh, not wanting to be a doctor. Yeah. You had two years of experience, obviously, side by side mm -hmm. with doctors, right? So yep. what, can you talk a little bit about the difference and why you tended toward um, I think I just value the patient interaction. Mm -hmm. uh, our, like all of the physicians I've ever worked with are amazing. They're awesome people. Um, but unfortunately, they're usually split between anywhere from 8 to 12 patients, and they're only seeing the patients for maybe, hopefully, if everything's going well, only about 30 minutes a day, mm -hmm. um, unless something's going bad. If you're seeing the doctor too much, that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I just really value the patient interaction. I, I like talking to the patients. I like talking to their families. I like getting to know them on a personal level. And I just didn't feel like I'd be able to get that experience as a physician. Um, like I said, they're all great people and mm -hmm. we need great physicians. So if anyone wants to go to med school, go for it. But mm -hmm. it just wasn't for me. Gotcha. You mentioned exhausting. I've always wondered this, just because, especially in an ICU, you're spending time with people who are not doing very well. Yeah. Um, were you, can you talk about like the emotional drain of that? Were you able to separate that? Did that take some time to do that? Obviously, it, that, people it, weren't doing well. You yeah. probably lost some people here yeah. and there. It, How did you deal with it? It definitely took time. Um, there's kind of like two, I feel like there's two emotional sides. One, you kind of, going into nursing, you really need to know like what your own values are and where your morals are and then separate that from what people, other people are doing, the family members mostly, because when people are really sick and they can't make their own decisions, the family makes their decisions for them and you're not always gonna agree with what the family has to say and you just have to kind of respect that and just mm -hmm. do your best to take care of that person. 
So that was really hard for me sometimes because I didn't, I have to just accept the fact that the family thinks that what they're doing is the best thing. And if that's what they think is best for the family member, then that's what I have to do, even if that's not what I personally thought. Hmm. So that was hard. And then um, obviously losing people, especially if they've been there for a long time, that's super hard. And the other thing that I didn't really anticipate was that I think you think like as a nurse, oh, I'm helping people. Everyone's going to be so nice to me. Like everyone's going to like me. No. No, no, no. <laughs> people are mean. The patients can be really mean. And I just have to keep in mind, like, if you ever go into the medical field, that these people are having the worst days of their lives. Like, they do not want to be in the hospital. You know, it's someone's wife who just found out that their perfectly health, healthy husband is now dying. You know, they're having a really hard time. So you just have to keep that in mind. It's not necessarily you that they don't like, but people are not always the nicest, for sure. <laughs> That's helpful. That's more, I've, that I just learned more about nursing than I've learned <laughs> in my entire lifetime, so thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> any last, last minute like thoughts, given where you are now in your mid-20s, somewhere in there, and thinking about where you were when you were 17, 18, is there anything that you wish someone had told you or that you think these guys should be mindful of in the midst of all the pressures, all the things they're hearing from their parents and their peers and their teachers, anything that you think is worth hearing? Um, I would say like the biggest thing for me was just don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I just felt like super lost applying to colleges and at first I was just kind of trying to figure it out on my own and trying to figure out what I wanted to do on my own and it took me asking, you know, I asked Mr. Hughes and a bunch of my other teachers actually um, to kind of help me with my applications and then like I said, Ms. Garrett ended up setting me up with that shadowing experience which was super helpful. Um, your your teachers know a lot of people so if you're questioning something or even now me you know if you guys are interested in nursing or something he could definitely connect you with me and I'll try to help you out but just ask for help would be my biggest advice don't be afraid to ask um, it's better to ask and then figure out the right answer than guess and be wrong so mm. that would be my biggest thing is just ask for help there's no shame in it awesome that's a good one a lot of these guys are used to being the highest achievers, so yeah. they think they don't have to ask for help. And it's right? hard. Yeah. yeah, exactly. She will ask for <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Yes. Can we give Peyton a round of applause? I guess I call, it, call, it, call you this part of him. I'm like, no, that's weird. And, and like Peyton said, if any of you guys are interested in nursing and would like, or the medical field in general, would like to know more, I could definitely connect you guys. I think I have a at least one friend on about any kind of nursing you can think of. So. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for listening to our conversation with Peyton Potagel. Look out for our next episode, which should be live pretty soon. Welcome to the Eagle Scholars podcast. I'm your host, Rory Hughes. For our first episode, I sat down with Peyton Potagil, 2012 alum of Thurston High School, 2016 alum of U of M Ann Arbor, currently pursuing her doctorate in nursing. She sat down with me and our seniors and shared some valuable insight on success in high school, success in college, and beyond. Sit back, enjoy. Enjoy.